Okay, welcome everyone. First of all, we'd like to um, uh, greet from Eretz Yisrael. They came, Mr. Chaim Tannenbaum and Simcha Tannenbaum, all the way from Eretz Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, it's a big treat. Baruch Hashem, they should all have atzlachah, Bezal Hashem. Rabotai, Wednesday night is a pleasure night that we learn a life lesson that we take with us and work with it for our whole lives. And uh, tonight, the topic will be Emunah Workout. That's going to be the topic tonight. Emunah workout. Working out the emunah. And with that, we'll have to ask two questions and try to give an answer. And that is, if you look by makat bechorot, right, everybody knows makat bechorot. If you look at makat bechorot, the plague of the bechor, it says that we had to make a siman, a symbol, to know that this house is Jewish, to pass over and not get killed. Hashem says, that night, that's going to be the night that I'm going to go around and I'm going to kill every firstborn. And therefore, in order to differentiate between the Jews and the Egyptians and the non-Jews, how do we, what do we have to do? We have to make a sign. What was that sign? Everybody knows? The Korban Pesach, right? The blood of the, of the Korban. We take it, of the lamb, of the sheep, and we put it on the post. Good? Clear. Now, my question that I have for all of you is, Take the other plagues. You had the plague of, uh, let's say, Dever, right? Where Dever, which is the pestilence. Or let's say Arov. Arov is the wild animals. Everybody saw clearly that the wild animals only attacked the Egyptians. It didn't, it didn't attack the, 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 the Jews. Take the other Makkah. Take the Makkah of Choshech, darkness. It says in that Makav Choshesh Midrash says that in the Egyptians' home it was pitch, 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 pitch dark. And in the Jewish Eretz Goshen, it was light. And the Midrash brings even further that the Egyptians in the darkness, they were only able to see the, 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 the light that the Jewish people had. They're like, oh my goodness, they're enjoying all. They're like they saw, they saw something. So it was very clear. Take the pestilence. Which animals died? Only the Egyptian animals died. But uh, Jewish animals, they didn't die. Take Dam, the first Makkah. Everybody knows, right? They always say, the famous, my daughter came uh, home this uh, Shabbat. She shows me a picture that she drew. What was the picture that she drew? It was the coolest picture, by the way. She, had, she drew a cup of water. And half was blood. Half was water. A straw in it, two straws in it. One straw, Egyptians drinking out of the same cup, one's blood, and the Jewish drinking out of the same cup, and that's water. Did we have to make any sign to differentiate before God made those, ten, those nine uh, uh, plagues? Did, we, did Hashem have to say, okay, before I make the plague of Dam, this is what the Jews have to do, so I know to differentiate between you and them. Before the frogs, do this, 
so therefore I can know the difference between you and the... Did that happen? Didn't happen. So why is it by the Makkah of Bechorot we have to show a differentiation? Especially if I tell you that we know who came down to give that Makkah of Bechorot. Hashem himself. Like we read in the Haggadah. Ani velo malach, ani velo sarab, ani velo. Ele hakadosh baruchu belvad hu beatzmo, bhvodo. He himself came down to do the makabechorot. He doesn't know the difference between a Jew and an, an Egyptian. That I have to make ahead, go ahead and make a make a, a a sign and putting some blood and going like this. Come on, come on. Everybody hears the two powerful questions. One, why do we need it? And second of all, it's Hashem that's doing it. He knows. He knows. So in order to answer this, I'd like to just give you a little bit background of the mitzvah of that Korban Pesach. Now, it's, it's an amazing, amazing uh, concept right here. Because Hashem goes over, Hashem goes over to Moshe and tells Moshe, tell the people, I'm taking them out. Tell them tonight I'm going to take them out. However, I need them to do one thing. Take a lamb, take a lamb, and the way it's going to work is, we're going to tie the lamb starting of the 10th of Nisan, the 10th of the month, And you're going to have to check from the 10th of the month till the 14th, few days, about four days, see if the, the lamb has to be within one year, see if the male lamb has any blemish on it. Check it around, there's that. What does Moshe tell Hashem? But Hashem, they're in Egyptian territory right here, and it's the Egyptians that have the Avodah Zarah. This is what they worship as their God. This is their God. How can we do it in their own territory? It's against the... Imagine yourself. Imagine. Uh, uh, you're walking in by... A, by there's a bakery uh, right in front of the corner. What do you do? You put a stand. You put a, 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 a table outside. I'm selling a bakery. Challah for Shabbat. Right in front of the bakery. What would the owner do? Get, get out. Are you crazy? What are you doing? Are you putting bakery goods in front of my... So I'm the bakery. You know? What do you, that makes sense. And now he's making his own challah, he's pulling, he's selling. No, it's different challah. Get out of my get out, you're right, bakery, get out of here. Imagine now, they're in their territory, and God tells them, I want you to take that day, die day, avodah zarah, and I want you to do shechita, slaughter it. Slaughter it. Ah. Hashem, Hashem, Moshe tells Hashem, how can we do that when territory? God answers him, Hashem answers the Rashi that says, Hashem says, I swear, they're not going to get out until they start doing this. Imagine, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's just uh, cutting, uh, cutting a lamb. What is the big, real, what is, what is this whole uh, situation going on that it is it, you do it or you're not coming out. So, in any way, they went ahead and they started doing it. I'll ask you even further. How was this korban supposed to be made? 
roasted. Roasted whole. You get that? You, you, you're taking a roast, huh? You ever see shawarma? You ever walk into a shawarma store? Right? You see that? You see that the thing and they don't go like this, da da da. But why you take the whole thing and the whole thing in whole, the lamb, put it on the roaster and shawarma kacha. I understand why ro- why I can't I can't cook it? Let's say I like cooking. Let's say I like it boiled. I like it this. I like it on the grill. I like it on the grill. I don't like roast. <laughs> I don't understand. What's the difference? What's the difference if I have it like this or I have it like that? And it's a suri. You're not allowed to have it. You have to. Torah goes out of its way. You have to make it roasted. Come on. <laughs> I make it roasted now. Ah. What? It tastes better if it's roasted? I don't know. Huh? What do you say? Anyway, that's another halacha. So to answer this, we're going to say that there's a yesod, a foundation. You know, there's a foundation in order to, to let's say, start a building, a house, anything. You got to dig deep. And once you dig deep, you start building and building and building. And the, and the further you deep, dig deeper... The stronger the foundation, the stronger the foundation, the higher the building it could be. Good? Clear. What is the foundation, the start off of a foundation of a Jew in order to build his building, to build his palace? Who said that? Very good. Very good. You know what he said? He said, Emunah. You know why? You know why it's just the building, it's the building, it's the foundation. Now from there, you build, you build, you build, you build, you build. It doesn't stop. Imuna doesn't stop there. People think, Imuna, I have Imuna, I'm good. Oh, the rabbi said, found the, I have the foundation. Meanwhile, you go, what happened? Where, where's the whole building? No, I have the foundation, rabbi. <laughs> so you, you have nothing else. <laughs> well, what's going on? It's the startup of the foundation to build. And Imuna is not just, it's a very broad uh, item that we're talking about. For example, if you see, what's the first commandment? The first thing, no, I am God. Hashem says, Hashem. first commandment, what is it? First, starting base, foundation number one, you're making the building, I am Hashem. Now there's a lot of uh, uh, branches to that. What do I mean by that? Because a person has to believe, not just Hashem, he has to believe in his Torah. He has to believe in his Tchiyata Metim. It says a person will never die as long as he, as long as he believes. And he's not a Rashat Merushat. As long as Apikores goes off, this, that, that. If he believes, that's part of the Ikire Emunah. It's part of the foundation of Emunah of a Jew that he knows that when he leaves this world, it's not the end. It's not the end. Because we will come back to this world. Be resurrected from this world. And there will be a big shofar when the times Mashiach is going to come. It's going to be a big shofar by Tchiyat Metim. By Tchiyat Metim it's going to be a huge shofar. And everybody's going to come back alive. That's Emunah. And we say it three times a day in the Amidah. Where do we say it? Ve'ne'eman ata. You are trusted. Where is Metim? Baruch Hashem. Metim. We make a whole beracha. Imagine. Well, Chachamim didn't have any other beracha. No, the, that's the beginning of the Amudah also, you understand? The first uh, few berachot, what is it? Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. Hashem, Yikadot, Takadot, Hashem, Metim. Imagine, you hear what's going on? And we say it three times a day. It's part of our beliefs. That's the beginning of the foundation, knowing Bore Olam, that he's existing. 
and we're not. We're here to serve Him. We're here to do the best that we can. We're here to be excited when we wake up in the morning, tomorrow morning, and every morning for that matter, and say, ah, I can't wait. I'm up another day. I can't wait to serve you, Hashem. I love it. I'm up. I can see. I can talk. I can do. I'm going to serve you, Hashem. I can't wait. And then the guy puts on his tefillin with such enthusiasm. Not like, um, man, I got to put. Okay, I'll do this thing quick. God gave you an arm. For heaven's sakes, He gave you an arm. You know, imagine a guy without an arm. If you imagine a guy, tell, tell a guy he has no arm. Tell him, listen, I'll give you an arm if you put on Tefillin every day. What would he do? Give it to me. Give it to me. I'll put it on. It's no easy trade. You have an arm. Use it. Use the arm. Boom, guys. Putting on Tefillin. But I'm not just talking. Hashem wants the emotions behind the action that we do. You're right, it's beautiful. You did the mitzvah, you get a check. But how was the check made? Was it made out of a sloppy check? Okay, you got a check. You're right, you did it, got a check. Or was the check with, ah, Hashem, I'm so happy you told me to do the mitzvah of Tebelin. That's what you want? I have such a munah in you. If that's what you want, I'm happy to do the will of my creator. And boom, and everyone is going, one, two, three. Ah, love it, I love it. Now be careful, don't, don't, don't put it so, so tight that you, you know, I know, you tell a guy like this, you, you know, I saw one guy, I told him that, one time the next morning I saw him, I was like, what, your hands are all blue, his hands was blue, I said, like, what happened, he's like, you're right, I was so excited, I put it so, so tight, relax, you know, I was like, put it on, this has to be on, make sure it's tight on, on the thing, but, you know, breathe, I'm saying, yeah, each is on, right, turn it blue, but you hear that, you hear that point though, you hear that point, of course, the arm when you're putting it on has to be on tight, that shall everything else. But in any case, this is the yesod. This is the foundation of our religion, the beginning of our religion. They see even the Havetz Chaim. I asked my Rebbe once, so how did the Havetz Chaim become so big? How did he become so great in his Torah, in his spreading of the Torah? He said, because when, when, when we talk about Ganeid, we talk about Ganeid, and it's great, it's this, it's that. When he, when he was speaking about Ganeid, he felt Ganeid. He knew when he did this mitzvah, boom, he's building a, 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 a whole country in Shamahim. He understood that this one, every one word of Torah that we're learning tonight, boom, is another, is another building, another building, one half a word, one every. Great. He, he saw that, he kept on going and going and going and going and going. He sat in front of him, not that he had. It's the ikar, the foundation. And therefore Hashem says, therefore Hashem says, hold up for one second. Hold up for one second. We got to build this emunah. And you were in a country of Egypt that all day long they've been bowing down to the lamb. And unfortunately, maybe some are Jews as well. Getting influenced, maybe. And now, I want you to build that emunah. So therefore, for four days, I want you to tie that lamb to check of the blemish. And of course, who's passing by? Who's passing by? The Egyptian. And he hear, ma, ma, what is that? They look in the window of the Jewish guy. Oh my goodness, he took our guard and he's tying it onto the bed. This guy's crazy. What are you doing? And it was a miracle. They didn't do anything to us, right? And that's why Shabbat before Pesach, what is it called? Shabbat Hagadol. One of the reasons why it's called Shabbat Hagadol is because Hashem made a miracle with us that the Egyptians, uh, they were just crying and they couldn't do anything about it to us. Hashem made it, they couldn't do anything to us. 
but that built our emunah up. Look, the Egyptians are walking back. They, they were like tormented in their brain mentally from these Egyptians. They were tormented mentally. They, 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 they killed their brain. They killed their brain, Rabotai. And now all of a sudden, they're petrified of them. And what is it? In front of them, they're using their God's holding for things. Aye. And now, let's answer the question. What happened? We said, why does it have to be roasted in whole? You know why? I'll tell you why. Midrash says this as well. Because when you cook something in a pot, it's in a pot, right? You, you can't really see. It's hard to see. But imagine you roast something on a roaster, like the shawarma, like we said. It's automatic. You can see it. And why does it have to be whole? So people won't say, oh, they're not... They're not uh, roasting uh, a lamb. They're roasting, uh, you know, they're roasting uh, something else, a different animal they're roasting. So the emunah had to be so strong that, okay, a guy might say, okay, I pasted it. Four days, I pasted it. Okay, now the fifth day I'm done. No, no, no. You're done? You're not done. Take the shechita, now shecht it. No, but you're not done now. Now, now I want you to show it to everybody. Roast it now. Lift it as whole so everybody can see what you're doing. Oh my goodness, again. Yeah, because you're working on your emunah. Again, work on your emunah. And boom, and do it again. And guess what? I have news for you. You know what the Zohar says? Zohar says at the end of the whole korban, you couldn't waste the bones. You know what you had to do with the bones? You had to go to the Egyptian marketplace and take the bone of the lamb. Imagine you finished the korban. I succeeded. Hashem, I'm done. Hashem says, now I'm going to build the emunah even more. Go ahead and take the bone and throw it to the Egyptians. Throw it in the marketplace of the Egyptians. What? Hashem, what do you mean? This, that, that. Do you imagine what is going on? Do you hear that? It's a, it's a, wild, a, a wild thing. But you know what? There was two things that was happening that night of Makat Bechorot. The Netivot Shalom says there was two things happening that night of Makat Bechorot. You know which two things? First thing was, one thing was, of course, the punishment of the Egyptians. And for that point to punish the Egyptians, God knew the difference between the Egyptians and the non-Egyptians. He knew the difference between the Jews and the Egyptians. But the second thing had to be proven. And what is that? Now you are going to be my chosen nation. I'm taking you out of Egypt right now. And being the fact that I'm taking out of Egypt right now, I have to see who is loyal to me. And in order to see who is loyal to me, I have to tell you and conduct you and to ask you and instruct you on something that's against nature. That's something that is very, very hard. It doesn't make sense to take their God and their territory and to, and to do this whole, uh, this whole korban in front of them. It doesn't make sense. But God wants to see you in Munah. How loyal are you? Because if you're not loyal to me, guess what? And you're not going to put that blood on the house. I can't choose you as my chosen nation right now. Because the loyalty is missing. So God knew the difference between the Egyptian and the Jew. He didn't need to make the Korban Pesach for that. But he wanted to see who is loyal. He wanted to see who is going to go beyond the limits. 
Who is going to go beyond his nature within? And even though it's against the current, and even though it's against the, oh, the, the brand, but that's where God sees the loyalty. And he saw that amongst those Jews that went ahead and took the mashkov, they took the blood from the Korban Pesach and they put it on their front of the house. But the whole thing, one, two, three, they put it up. And Hashem said, this is the loyal ones. And that's why he, he wanted to. But about time, there's one more aspect that I'd like to bring out on this point. And that is, if you look in the parasha, if you look in the parasha, which mitzvah, a riddle, let's see who's going to get this riddle, which mitzvah that we have in this week's parasha that really we were supposed to have it in the beginning of the Torah being started, the Torah should have started with this mitzvah. Who said that? Very good. Very good. Hachodesh Hazeh. Now, what does Hachodesh Hazeh mean? What does Hachodesh Hazeh mean? Nobody knows now? Hachodesh <laughs> Hazeh is, what's this mitzvah? What's this mitzvah? Hachodesh Hazeh. What is this mitzvah? Who said that? Very good. Hazak Baruch. says, HaChodesh Hazelachem is telling you, God tells them in Egypt, it's a special command before they're leaving, before they're leaving in Abotai, before they're leaving, he says, oh, but in the, in, you see it in the, in the, in the Parashat Shavuah, before the Makkah, before the last Makkah, what does it say over there? By the way, you should just know, uh, Moshe, I'm giving the people, the Jewish people, a mitzvah of, called Rosh Chodesh. You guys are going to determine now when you see the moon, now, I don't know if you guys know. You know how the moon works? You know how, how the shape of the moon? The sun is always the sun, right? It doesn't change form. It's the sun. It comes in, comes out, comes in, comes out. It's always the sun. But by the moon, you'll have it a little bit, and then a little bigger, and then a little bigger, until it comes a full moon. When is it full moon? It's half... No, it's a full moon. It's half the month. Half the month is the full moon. And then, let's say the moon starts like very little, like this, like this, like this, it gets full, and then it uh, diminishes, diminishes, diminishes until you don't see the moon, and then, what happens? Two witnesses come in, and they come to bed, thinking, oh, we saw there was a little, little bit of a sliver of the new moon that just came out now. Oh, it's Rosh Chodesh. That's the mitzvah. Hazak Baruch. This is the mitzvah that you're giving us right now, and this is the mitzvah that should have been the, the beginning of the Torah. Why? Why? Hatal. You hear the question? That, 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 that's, the, that's the whole, that's the mitzvah. But, but I just told you the mitzvah, that's the mitzvah. Go to Edim, see, there's a, there's a sliver of the moon that just came out. Boom, that's it, beautiful. And why you tell me now in Egypt before I'm leaving? Like, come on, come on. You know why? Nitivot Shalom brings it down, he says. Here's what he answers. He answers that the moon like we said, it changes. Small, sometimes less. A person, heaven forbid, sometimes a person could go uh, in Ruchniyut, in spirituality, he might have a down. He might have a down. And he might feel down. And at that moment, you have to know that even in the down, where a person's spiritually there, Hashem wants him back so badly that you can't imagine. 
Some people might think, forget about it. I'm giving up. I, I go to a guy. What happened? Come on, come, come. Rabbi, you don't know what I did for the last uh, 10 years, Rabbi. I was Mr. Club, the king of the club, Rabbi. I can't, you know what I mean? You're going to tell me, uh, 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 keep, come to shul, keep Shabbat, this, that. Rabbi, you don't want me in your shul, Rabbi. I'm going to put the tumah all over. you crazy? The guy tells me. It's 100% wrong. You know why? Because at that moment where a person's on the low, God wants him so badly. And the proof is, in Egypt, what level of tumah were we in? 40, the lowest level of Tum'ah. And guess what God says? Now I'm giving you this mitzvah. You know why? Because I'm here with you. Even though you changed. I didn't change, Hashem says. I never changed. But even though you changed, you're on the low of the low of the low where, where you have just a slither left. Like Rosh Chodesh, the moon comes with a sliver, starts with a very, very sliver. But guess what? Even then, come back to me because I want you back. Come back to me. And that's exactly why here in the parashah, we're on the lowest level. God says, this is the mitzvah. This is my mitzvah to you. You know why? Because I want you. I love you. I don't care where you are right now in your life, but I want you back to come to my life. Put me in your life. Put me in your life. That's why if you look, it's the wildest thing. It says, from Tishrei to Tishrei, Midrash brings down, from Tishrei to the next Tishrei, HaKomet Kamtim Lo, what does that mean? It says a person is determined how much money he's going to make, how much, it says, uh, uh, how much he's going to have from Tishrei to the next Tishrei. Tishrei is when? Rosh Hashanah. From Rosh Hashanah, which is Tishrei, that's the month we start, to the next Rosh Hashanah, which is the next Tishrei, except Tishrei. What's the, 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 what's, how do you spell Tishrei? Taf, Shin, Resh, Yud. What is that? The money that you spend for Torah, which is the Taf. The money they spend for Shin, which is Shabbat. The money we send for Resh, which is Rosh Chodesh, and the money that you spend for Yom Tov, that's not part of the tally in the beginning of the year. That is an open credit card. Go take your credit card. It's an open bill. I got you. You know? It's not part of the Cheshbon. But you see, I understand Torah. I understand Shabbat. It's one quick. I understand Yom Tov. I understand holidays. Rosh Chodesh. Rosh, what's Rosh Chodesh? Go, go make sure uh, you, you spend a meal on me. Uh, what you, what, what's, the, what's the whole, the whole Rosh Chodesh? Because God's saying, God's saying, where are you? The, the moon is like this. The moon is a sliver. It changed. You're right. You're, if you haven't been, I want you no matter where you are. Just come back. See the light. You have light in you. You have your Shema still ticking. Come back. Make a party. I'm waiting for you. Please. I love you. Go stronger. I'm waiting here. Please. But there's another item and that is not if he changes only spirituality but sometimes you'll have in your life things where it will change and you'll say this doesn't uh, 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 go hand to hand this this doesn't feel right I shouldn't be getting like this and getting like that it doesn't make sense I'm going to shul I'm doing this and I'm doing that pa 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 what's going on so you'll have different changes that God will throw at you in your lifetime. Yes. Like the moon changes, so your situations will change. A person could, could be that his situations will change. And then, that's where we say your emunah has to be in full swing. It has to be in full swing. It has to be, it has to be there. It has to be at that moment. And I'll explain.
there was Rosh Hashiva, Rav Eliyu Lopyan. You have a year of Eliyu Lopyan? Passed away. Rav Yonah had a yeshiva, and he was collecting for the yeshiva, and he went to a, he was in Lita, he went to go places, collecting, collecting, collecting. And the yeshiva was really, really struggling, and he finally had a, 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 a substantial amount of money, and now he's going back to his yeshiva to give him the money. As he's going back, guess what? He gets mugged. And all the money that he collected, gone. Imagine what a feeling that is. He's so excited. He has money in his pocket. Excited. There's that. He had one more stop, London, before he went to yeshiva. He went to London and he needed to collect. And in London, there was a wealthy guy and says, listen, Rabbi, I'll take care of the yeshiva and everything, but bring them to London. Bring the people to London and I'll take care of it. And that's what he did. And guess what? That yeshiva got saved from World War II, the Nazis in Mashema. You hear that? Now I ask you, going back, how, how, what kind of feeling would a person have automatically? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! What does a person feel? I, I did all this and now all the money's gone? Oh man! But guess what? If that money wasn't gone, what would happen? The whole yeshiva would have been terminated in, in the Holocaust. But because that money was gone, so therefore a person's situation just changed. His situation just changed. Guess what? It was a dark, it was, it was, it was choshech. It was blurry that moment. But guess what? That turned into light. Boom! Look! Holy yeshiva got saved. That is working on the emunah. Like the pasuk says, Yomam yitzaveh Hashem hazdo ubalayla shiro immi. What does that mean? Yomam yitzaveh Hashem chazdo ubalayla shira immi. Let's take the last ones. Ubalayla shira immi. What is that? In the nighttime, shira, he'll sing a song with me. In the nighttime, he'll sing a song with me. Yomam yitzaveh Hashem chazdo. In the day, Yomam. Hashem Hashem will give him and throw him the kindness. What does that mean? It says in Gemara Hagigah, speaks it out in the second second parak. It says that in the night, Olam Azeh is referred to the nights. It's blurry sometimes. It's different situations that we have in our life. But Balayla, Shiraimi, if you sing with me, if you sing with God, in the Laila, in this world, guess what? Your mom, in Olam in the next world, in the real world, in the true world, Hashem will give you all that kindness. And who is that epitome of that we see that sang with God all the time? Of course, every one of our forefathers and everybody. But there's one special, unique king that I'd like to point out, which was David Amelech. All the time, if you analyze his life. His father was chasing him. His own two children, Adoniyahu and Avshalom, were chasing him to kill him, to, to take over the throne. To, hey, one of his advisors was not giving him good advice. All these things, his wife was taken away from him, Michal, when he had to run away. When he put his parents somewhere uh, that he thought that they'll have uh, trust, that uh, he'll be able to, they ended up killing his parents. What a life he had! And all that time, what is he saying, David? 
I'll sing a song to Hashem because he's giving all this. Imagine, imagine, because David understood he's my father. He's not doing anything that will ever hurt me. So anything that's going on right now, I know it's you, and not only I'm going to take it, you see there's different levels. People say, yeah, Munah, I take it. But then people go to the next level. And they say, I'm going to take it with happiness. I'm going to take it with simcha. Ay, 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 ay. Yeah? And I'll, give you, and I'll give you an example of that. There was one time a guy, there was one time a guy, he, uh, he invited me to his house. I said, what happened? What are you, you inviting me to the house for? So I was playing b-ball, basketball, Rabbi. I said, very good. So you won the game? This is a great say without. What happened? I said, no, if you look, um, I got, you know how you're playing ball and, and, and you're, uh, you're jamming, you're, 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 he jammed both thumbs and the other, other finger and he has like, uh, like four of those uh, uh, jammed fingers. And I was like, so what is this? He says, I'm making a seudah, Baruch Hashem. My, my, my fingers got jammed. Thank you, Hashem. I don't know what I did with my hands, but whatever I did, Hashem, you gave me kaparat avonot. Thank you, Hashem. I made a seudah. What are you making? You know why? Because it wasn't just the emunah that he had that God gave him good right now for doing that. It was in practice. He was showing it with practice. You know, example, you have a doctor, right? He goes to school for eight years. Imagine after eight years of uh, schooling for, to be a doctor, he doesn't become a doctor. So what would you do? Eight years, you, you learn to be a doctor, and then everyone's saying, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I, I like the education. <laughs> you, you look at him like you're crazy. A person's learning emunah, emunah, emunah. But after he learns the emunah, after he has the knowledge of emunah, he has to go ahead and practice it. Apply it. How do you apply and practice this emunah? So one way is when things happen and, and you don't know what's going on, Seuda Hashem, thank you, da da da, and he makes a big berachah, he makes a seuda, he does something uh, out of the ordinary. But another way is, I'll give you another practice and apply it, that when things don't go your way, and I said this many times over here, I'll say it again, let's get to drill it in, but we've got to actually practice it, we've got to apply it. And that is, you say, Gamzu letovah, this is good. This is good. Gamzu letovah. Or whatever Hashem does is good. Koman David, Rahman al-Tavavit. Or Gamzu letovah, whatever you want to say. I'll give you something. Um, and I can't, I'll, just to prove this point, by the way, that you have to practice emunah and you have to apply emunah, I'll give you a proof to this. The Jews in Egypt, did they saw all nine makot? Did they see all nine makot? They saw it? Wasn't that enough knowledge to understand emunah? Hashem says, I know you understand emunah, but now I want you to actually apply it. So therefore bring the korban and work on your emunah and in front of the Egyptians, go ahead and show them that korban, that that's what you're doing anyway. So you're applying it. You're physically going ahead and you're showing emunah by taking their God and making a korban. So you see, you have to apply You have to do it. So I'll tell you, last night, I went to my house. And as I get to my house, I, um, I see my, my wife gives a, a, there's a ladies class that we have every Tuesday night for the ladies. Everybody's, uh, all the ladies are invited, huh? All right. So she gives a class at the, at the house every Tuesday night and 9 to 10. And then I go, driving back home from the learning, giving the shiur. I come back. Guess, guess what happens? I see 
one of the ladies, I guess, in the class parked in the parking spot I have, in the driveway, in the parking spot. So, so now, okay, you work on yourself a little bit, but not so bad. I'm happy that they're learning. So I go around the block to see if there's parking. But of course, knowing, uh, knowing you know, probably chances are no parking. Okay, I figured. So I figured no parking. So okay, I'm thinking, should I go again a third time and a fourth time? I said, you know what? Do me a favor. I'm going to park by the pump. And as soon as the class is over, I'm going to go ahead and I'll move it. Okay. Comes the class. I go walk in. And they say, oh, Rabbi, can you say a few words? No problem. i give a few words. And, I, and they were still having the class. It was like an overtime class. And I was waiting, waiting, waiting. Move okay, she doesn't move. I tell the lady, move. Okay, so you know what? Okay. <laughs> anyway, P.S. Story goes that the night was passed. The next morning I wake up. I say, oh, I have to move my car now. I have the spot. The spot is open now. My driveway is open now. Let me go move my car. I go to the hydrant. What do I see? Ticket. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. Now, now, now. There's a little, t- I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest. I'll open up. There's a little tinge of like, oh, a little bit. I like, and it lasted probably for like eight and a half to ten minutes. I'm honest. Thinking, I, 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 I. Like you say, so, like, come on, I could have just like that. I could have just, like, yeah, yeah. And, and I said to myself, I said, this, this is what happened. Came to Shul and I forgot about it. It was over. I came back, I sat down, opened up my Gemara today. And then I was like, oh my goodness. I didn't say that that was the best thing that could happen. I was like, oh my goodness, Gamzula Tova. I said, Gamzul Tobai, I said, this is good. I said, this is good. Hashem, you gave me a ticket, it's good. But then, after a few hours of learning, now I go back and I say to myself, oh my goodness. I said, this is good, but I didn't do it with like, you know, this is good, you know, I, said, I guess it's good. <laughs> so I'm telling you, no joke, I stopped, I, and there was nobody in the room, but Hashem was on the side of the side room. I said, Gamzul Hashem, thank you. I said it. I was like, oh. He says, you know why? Because this, when you practice it, first of all, you live stress-free. You know, people always go, What's, give me a pill, this, that, give me an item, give me, give me a drink, give me this, give me that. Forget all that, forget. If you put God in your life with the emunah, there's something called the emunah pill. But you, gotta, you can't just see the pill. You got to take the pill. So you can hear about emunah, very good. So now you have the pill of Emuna, but now you got to swallow the pill. And how do you swallow the pill? And that is by exercising this Emuna pill, by entering it in, swallowing it in. And that's when, when things come to our way and you practice saying, Gam and you apply it, that Emuna will take effect in your bloodstream. A person's Ganadin is going up like crazy. A person's relationship with Hashem is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And that is the foundation, the beginning of the foundation of Emunah. Closing it.